You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. Welcome to ATP Radio. I'm your host, Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, showing you how to accentuate the positive, the way to a better life. Your radio station is an example of the future existing right now. Hi, how are you going? You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation and psychic medium, accentuating the positive for the next hour here on Soul Traveller Radio. It's my intent to present more empowering and loving messages through our media, more love in the media, and to change some limiting paradigms out there in the world. So I present inspiring stories from people all over the globe who break down the barriers of prejudice, judgment, and hatred, and uplift our world with their stories and their messages. You can listen to some of my interviews on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Soul Traveller Radio, and New YouTube. Please subscribe and support Positive Media. You can stay up to date with the show on Accentuate the Positive Radio with Karen Swain on Facebook or go to karenswain.com and you'll see most of the podcasts there. Today I have a fascinating guest, a passionate man, a very passionate man, Dr. David Jenkins, who is a functional medical specialist. That's right, Karen. Very good. And, and the founder of Surf Aid, and he's passionate about alleviating Alzheimer's and dementia. Hello and welcome to the show, David. Good morning. I'm pleased to be here. Great to have you on the show. Now, I've had a few chats with David. He is obviously the founder of Surf Aid, so we're going to find out what that is. But you're a doctor that has gone over to the holistic side. Can I just hear a little bit about your journey? Because it's fascinating to know how doctors shift their perspective into health. Sure. Sure. Well, it really came about in my practice at a very large rural practice and uh, just the sobering and repeated realities of going to my patients' funerals uh, when they were a very young you know, age and then trying to help the families with young children survive uh, after their, well, not only the fathers, but often it would be the fathers who had had an early heart attack. Um, and then seeing the consequences of our lifestyles played out into really extreme suffering and the sadness and the tragedy of it and how that percolated through families. So I realized I really wasn't equipped. I was equipped to prescribe the right drugs for blood pressure and everything else, but I wasn't equipped to help these people change their lifestyles, to educate them to change behaviors. And so, and I also was discovering that a lot of people get really bad side effects from drugs. And so I went, it sort of sparked my interest in alternative ways of looking at uh, health because I think we have a sickness system rather than a health system, a sickness care rather than a health care system. So uh, functional medicine is, a, is it's linked to integrated medicine, if you like, but functional medicine is looking at disease processes from a systematic and a biological point of view and, and asking the question, what can we do to prevent, number one, but also reverse the various components of our biology. For example, if you get angina, um, chest pain, there's reasonably solid science, and more science needs to 
to be to be done. But um, there's a professor who I just met actually, Dean Ornish. Many doctors will know about him, who's shown that heart disease can actually be reversed. That the clots in the arteries can actually shrink with a combination of diet, exercise, meditation, and social support. Interestingly enough, social support uh, creates a biochemical reaction in the, in the blood, which reduces your chances of heart attacks in the future. So there's a there's a good example of what functional medicine is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Look, it's a close subject to my heart. Social support, which is about connection, which is about love, which is about joy. Um, yeah. Personally, I find that is the best medicine, the best medicine. You know, I started off life as a naturopath. I didn't go down the oh. allopathic road. Oh. I was like 24. So my mother died when I was 16 and my questions were why? Why did she get sick? What makes mm-hmm. us sick? And what can cure us? But it's interesting. What, preventative medicine is just, or preventative lifestyle is just really the most important thing we can do because having run this journey of why, why, how, why, how, I found my answers. And my answers, you know, they lie in our consciousness. They lie in our mind. They lie in our vibratory rate, like how we vibrate, whether we're pinching off our well-being or allowing our well-being. And that is a whole lot of factors. It's how we think, how we feel, you know, what we think about the food we ingest, the food we are ingesting, the lifestyle we live. It is that joy, like having that joy for life. You know, I'm somebody that is fat 50 and should be dead. My mother died at 50. <laughs> and I was at my step, my daughter's stepmother's funeral. She was 48, uh, 49 when she died of uh, complications of bowel cancer. Her mother was 49 and she died of complications of bowel cancer. And someone turned to me at the funeral and said, yeah, we know it was hereditary. And I thought, if that is true, then I should be one of those statistics because my mother, you know, everyone in my family died of cancer, just just everybody. So the statistics say you're going to die of cancer, but not if you know how to enjoy your life. Like if you know how to enjoy your life and how to feel good, it's a whole different kettle of fish. But the thing about focus, which is the most powerful aspect of this, is that it's easier to focus on a good life when you haven't got disease to grapple with. It's a whole different ball game when symptoms kick in when there's pain when there's disease and so Mm. you know sick care as you were talking about is a lot harder than prevention really because you're dealing with someone who's in pain who's not enjoying their life so how do you help people like that well you have to have certain skills which are which include helping them change their mindset Exactly. Because we are, um, you know, we just have been brought up in this society to believe that you wait until you get sick and then you go to the doctor and he either gives you a drug or he, or surgery. Those kind of the two options, really. Yeah. We don't actually even entertain the idea that this is the most extraordinary thing we walk around with, this biological system, and that the science actually is well down the track to understanding at least enough how to optimize ourselves. So you just begin with a dialogue to people. Let's say someone comes in with high blood pressure. You talk about why that is and you talk about reverse engineering that and how you can drop blood pressure and what minerals and nutrients would help 
and then you get them on a, you put a plan together for them and help them to change. That's the component that really is critical. And I think that's why we see a booming coaching businesses these days because it's effective. When you're held, when you're held accountable by someone, um, you dramatically increase your chances. And if you understand the behavior change processes, you can, which is something that, that I certainly have got uh, very involved in, you can design a plan for someone that dramatically takes their, you know, the kind of New Year's resolutions from 8% to up to 90% success rate. So this is all a lot of new research on positive psychology, as you talked about, Stanford University, behavior labs. You know, they've nutted out what we respond to. And so it's really about putting these um, in place for people in a good plan. Exactly, exactly. Look, I love positive psychology and scientific research because it is confirming what I came to know in my life. When I was asking all those questions, why do we get sick and how do we get better? And I was going down that rabbit hole, looking, seeking, seeking. I found my answers, but I told people my answers and they said, oh, that spooky sort of stuff that you go on about. But science, (laughs) positive psychology, the positive psychology is just spiritual understanding with a new label. It's just like the science of love, really. It's just the science of of love. Love is the greatest of all these. That one's by Mike Kavanagh, Love. You're listening to Karen Accentuating the Positive here on Soul Traveller Radio, the home of conscious music. My guest today is Dr. David Jenkins, the founder of SurfAid and a man passionate about changing medical norms and alleviating Alzheimer's in the world. You know, you're also someone who's been asking a lot of questions and one of those questions is, how can I help? How can I change things? How can I change the world? Mm. You know, you've got a fabulous TED Talk for people who want to see your TED Talk. Head over to Dr. David Jenkins on TED. You can Google it and you see his TED Talk. But in that TED Talk, you were talking about surfing and seeing in Asia the disease rife. Tell us your story around surf aid. Well, long story, 15-year story down to, um, let's see if we can do it in 30 seconds. Um, <laughs> just been surfing to the Disneyland of surfing and went just curious, no no plans to start an aid organisation, but um, just noticed a lot of very small graves in a village. I was going to see how the locals were, saw the kids playing on the beach while I was surfing and ended up coming face-to-face with extreme suffering. And children were dying from really, not, not from the lack of love, very loving parents, but the lack of education and understanding and the wrong behaviours. So lack of hygiene, mosquito nets, poor nutrition, despite there being plenty of food everywhere. And so I started an aid organization with the idea that we could teach them the behavior change. Um, And that's what we've done, and we've become very good at it over the last 15 years, won many awards, and now we're uh, helping over 50,000 people in those remote islands. What was some of the behavior that was making them sick? Well, there's food in abundance, let's just correct that, but many of the children were malnourished, so it was the behaviours. So, for example, our model of uh, community-based behaviour change focuses on really very low-cost but high-impact behaviours and putting them together. And that's the same when we get on to talk about dementia. It's very similar. Get a woman to have a healthy pregnancy, 
eat more nutrients, more greens. They give a lot of their wild spinach to their pigs, but they don't eat much themselves, which is a classic example. Eat some more coconuts that are in the millions, um, but they don't eat very much of that. So eat some more coconut uh, cream. It's a good idea. Have a clean birth. So just a woman, if she washes her perineum when she goes into labor, just that one thing would dramatically reduce uh, infections and, and death from infections. When the baby's born, put it straight on the breast. They weren't doing that. They were throwing the colostrum out because they thought it was different milk. It looks different, right? So a belief system had established that it wasn't the real milk. Uh, give exclusive breastfeeding for six months. They weren't doing that. And they were giving them tea and Coke and dirty water and all sorts of things. And then, like I said, add, the, add coconut cream and wild spinach to the rice that they, that they have and have a mosquito net. Some basic hygiene, and that's done. And so dramatic reductions in maternal mortality rates and child mortality rates, very dramatic in three years. So getting the basics right often gets dramatic results. If you look at modern lifestyles, we're malnourished as well. Yeah. 80, 80% of people with Alzheimer's, you can find a very significant micronutrient malnourishment. Yeah. Um, and so when you start fixing that along with doing other things that are good for your brain, your memory loss starts to reverse. And so that's what I've been studying and that's what I'm just back from San Francisco to get the advanced protocols from Professor Bredesen. I know you're passionate about helping people with dementia and Alzheimer's and I want to get into that too because people of our generation have these aging parents. I see that with my friends, you know, my parents are long gone, but there are a lot of my friends that have parents that are going through dementia and Alzheimer's and it's Mm. so sad to see someone that you love that was so vibrant and fabulous just lose their mind, you know, just lose that sense of... um, Oh, I don't know, memory loss. and But something that you said that really was important during your TED Talk about this surf aid was founder's syndrome. And this is really important to a lot of people. I'm probably one of them. A lot of people I know that come up with amazing ideas to help change the world, create change, create health, create positive change. Tell me a bit about founder's syndrome. And then maybe their idea doesn't carry through. Yeah. So as I said in my TED Talk, you know, the psychological profile of the person that can successfully found something against extreme odds. I mean, trying to get a bunch of surfers to give money to do behavior change that's been around for 5,000 years in the remotest part of the planet. You want a challenge? Try that on. But that kind of personality is not necessarily the personality that will help you grow and sustain your organization. So, so there's a challenge there. Either the founder has to really significantly change their psychological profile uh, or they have to change roles. That's what we've done. But you need both. You know, you need both. I've just been in raising money in America and it was very clear that the people wanted to hear about how you grew an organization successfully because that's how you build you build a culture that way and the culture of surfaid is to give the power to the people and we have a we have demonstrated that if you empower a woman and men they will take this thing if you do it in the right way which is challenging 
you do it in the right way, they will take that opportunity and they will run with it themselves and, and they will not only stop their children dying, they will look for opportunities to benefit their economic outcomes, they will build schools and toilets and wells and that's what we've seen, this tremendous roll-on. So I think that it's important to have that psychology profile of the founder, the persistence, the determination to stick to your values and our values are of a hand up, not a hand out. You know, the values, like I say, of converting. I've always said what we do is help parents convert their love into real results for healthy children. Um, and beautiful. so, yeah, and that's what we do. We're, we're converters, if you like. Um, and so you need that, but you also need good systems because we're ambitious, unashamedly ambitious to help as many people as we can. So you need systems and good management and transparency and accounting systems. And, you know, that's not my strength. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah, mine either. <laughs> no. So, so now we've positioned ourselves and, and have systems in place. So it's going extremely well. And getting that right has allowed our organization to get better at what we do, which is really significant. You know, David, I just think that that is just such an important message. I just see so many people, passionate people like you, change makers, difference makers, that want to help humanity. And and like you and I, they don't have those systems in place. You know, they have, they get things up and running. They get people on board with their story and their passion, but it mm-hmm. doesn't really continue. It doesn't, you know, it's that struggle of making it, you know, keeping it going, keeping it happening. And I think that, you know, this founder syndrome is something that's really important. You know, you could go out there and teach people <laughs> how to get over founder syndrome or, you know, like you did, like give it away to somebody who can run it, you know, come up with the yeah. idea and then give it away. Yeah. You're listening to Cara and Accentuating the Positive here on Soul Traveller Radio. My guest today is Dr. David Jenkins, a disruptor, a change maker and a passionate man. <laughs> He's passionate about prevention of dementia and Alzheimer's and helping you train your brain in a way, helping you stay focused, stay clear, stay in the moment, enjoying your life. How did you get into the dementia story, David? You know, I was working on surfing and I was away from home for quite a while. When I went home, I found that, you know, my sisters were telling me mum's losing a memory and so I ran some tests on her, and sure enough, she's she's got early Alzheimer's. Yeah. And so I, you know, she's really fit otherwise. She's well, She is 88, but, you know, one of the key things, Alzheimer's is not a normal part of aging. Everyone thinks, oh, I'm losing my memory. It's not normal. We do lose our mem- parts of our memory with age, but not to the degree where we, we're getting early Alzheimer's. So I looked to the science, and I found a Professor Bredesen in the San Francisco had just published some early case studies of reversal of early Alzheimer's, reversal of symptoms, people who had had to leave work, people who were, in fact, I met this person a week ago. She gave a presentation at the training I've just been to where she got lost in her own street, street she'd been in for 20 years. This is a 48-year-old who had started to go 
crazy and lose her memory. She stood and gave a beautiful, eloquent presentation about her recovery. Mm -hmm. This is four years later. Mm -hmm. So I saw this paper and went, wow, because in all diseases, Alzheimer's is the one disease we have not made any progress on in 100 years. Wow. And there's an epidemic. You know, in Britain now, it's the number one killer of women. And I suspect it might be the number one killer of women in Australia. It's the number two killer of Australians. But we haven't done the stats. When I looked at it the other day, the last sort of really good study was 2013 where Alzheimer's or dementia was bumping up against heart disease for the number one killer of women. I suspect it may, you know, it's taken over. So it's, there's an epidemic of it, and it's not just because we're living longer. That is the highest risk factor, but there are other things. And to find someone, and especially a professor of neurology who's published over 200 papers, has been studying Alzheimer's for 30 years. When someone like that comes out with a paper like that, you should take notice. Now, it turns out he's now done over 100 cases, which is extraordinary. And, and if he doesn't get the Nobel Medical Prize in science, something's wrong. Mm. So this is breakthrough science. And it, what's really interesting about it is it's going to challenge my profession, the medical establishment, to rethink what we call proof. Because what it is, is the best way to describe it is it's a multi, multi-intervention. multi What Professor Bredesen describes Alzheimer's as, and what he showed at a molecular level, is that the proteins that build up in our brain and disturb our memory get triggered by a whole bunch of metabolic and inflammatory abnormalities that you can identify. And Just so say these, that again. We had a bit of static. They get triggered by a whole lot of metabolic and... And inflammatory inflammatory changes, abnormalities in our biology. For example, low vitamin D is one of the major, major triggers of the pre-protein. We call it a pre-protein that turns into the amyloid beta. And he is going to go down in medical science as the person who actually worked out how that happens. And so therefore, he, what he discovered was you pull back these triggers, you stop these abnormalities, you fix these abnormalities, and the body's natural healing system takes over and mops up the amyloid beta and the tau and memory returns. It's not a cure. When these people come off these programs, they start to lose their memory again. But when you look at the program, when you look at the protocol, essentially you've got to live like you, our forefathers did 150 years ago. If you can do that, so the program is no processed food, lots of exercise, lots of meditation and dealing with stress. Oh, by the way, why don't you get eight hours sleep? That would be a good thing. And then looking at your abnormalities. So I have a client right now who's got low magnesium, low iodine, whose homocysteine level, that's a protein in the metabolism, if it gets high, it's very toxic to the brain, whose sugar levels are too high, fasting insulin, which we measured. And so we fix those things. I expect him to do very well. I expect his memory to at least plateau off. He was probably heading to Alzheimer's and to plateau off and if not, improve. So the key message here is if you're losing your memory, you need to get to someone who knows about these protocols, who knows how to investigate you and can help you build a plan, 
a comprehensive plan to prevent more damage and even reverse your memory loss. David, I always believe that any any disease that we're going through, like you said that Alzheimer's is just rife on the planet right now, is is like a is like a message from infinite intelligence or source or God or whatever you want to call it, telling us we have to change our ways. I think pain in the body is a message from our inner being saying you've got to change how you're thinking and feeling, you've got to change. You know, your pain is a warning. I was really, couldn't understand why so many children, especially coming in, were lactose intolerant. And my daughter says that she's lactose intolerant. And and then I realized that, you know, feeding the whole population of the planet milk and dairy products and beef is not a sustainable way that we can continue on the planet. So there are all these kids coming in that are lactose. And so they're looking at another way instead of milk and dairy, they're looking at something else. What do you think Alzheimer's is teaching us? If, if it's so big, you know, what's the message that Alzheimer's is teaching humanity? Yeah, no, you can definitely look at it as a message. The message that it's sending us is that we have dislocated the way we live, our lifestyles have dislocated so far from what we evolved to how we evolved to live over two and a half million years. So through two and a half million years, biological systems established themselves in us to be and to be optimized, you have to do according to how we live. Now, we just don't live like that anymore. So let's say, for example... Vitamin D, 75% of people in New South Wales come this springtime will be suboptimal in vitamin D, according to the New South Wales University study. Very good study. So what does that mean? Well, it means you're putting you at risk of up to 20 cancers. You'll have three or four viral infections where you probably could have had none, and you're at higher risk of Alzheimer's. So, you know, that's just vitamin D, and yet still I just saw the other day this big TV ad about Stay out of the sun for cancer, skin cancer. Well, okay, I'm not saying you should get burnt. You have to be careful. But you've got to get your vitamin D levels up. Um, And that's probably one of the number one things I look for in patients is vitamin D, and and especially in Alzheimer's. So that's just one example. There are many examples, but they're all fixable. So that's what we do with people. We find out what their metabolic problems are, their sugar's too high, their vitamin 2 too low. Vitamin B12 is another one. Many elderly people are vitamin B12 deficient, and that's very important for the brain. So let's fix that. Why aren't they absorbing their B12? Well, they're probably on an indigestion drug, a protein pump inhibitor, and that was what my mother's problem was. She was on five drugs that we got off, and all of them are causing side effects. Yeah, yeah. So you, so this is the message that modern medicine has got some tr- – we've had tremendous breakthroughs. It, it's extraordinary some of the things we're doing in modern medicine. But it's sick care, it's not health care. And if you want to not get Alzheimer's, you need to live in, you know, understand what it is you need to do and live according to a very basic life, good exercise, good sleep, deal with your stress, at least seven to nine vegetables a day. And very few people are doing that. I want to go back to vitamin D. I once heard somebody said, you know, obviously we absorb vitamin D from the sun. There are receptor sites on the belly that are more receptive to vitamin D than other parts of your skin. Is this true? Is that true? 
I've never heard of that, and I've learned a lot about vitamin D, but I have never heard that. I think that's a bit strange. Well, because, you know, like obviously our face and our arms and hands get a lot of sun. Unless you're sitting on the beach in a bikini or if you're a guy, you know, with your board shorts on, your belly is not really that exposed to the sun. Anyway, (laughs) when I heard it, it was a few years ago, I went out to the beach and pulled my, you know, top up so my belly was exposed because I normally wear one piece and I fell asleep and I had the burnt stomach. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so I didn't try that again. But you, you no, It's hard for people, you know, working in a city um, in, the, in midwinter, they're not getting any sun. And the sun in winter time, you need even more exposure. So, you know, you have to dedicate some time if you're not going to take a vitamin D3 supplement. You need to dedicate time on the weekends and during the get out in the midday sun or winter in the park on a nice day and get all that skin and can exposed. And and but obviously again the same message don't get burnt, but get more sun and you'll get through winter without colds. I haven't had a cold for I don't know when I last had a cold, probably five years or something. Yeah, so it just doesn't happen if you get all these biological systems do the basics right. And so that's what we do with Alzheimer's. If anyone's losing their memory out there or they've got a loved one, please take action. Don't, and that's the biggest problem. People go into denial about it. They, they, they compensate for it. They don't want to tell people that they're losing their memory. They're embarrassed by it. And the research has showed that families have seen something going wrong with the person three years before they eventually go to the doctor with a memory problem. Those are critical three years that we can save that brain from scarring and dying and atrophying. And with this program, we can bring those brains back. Professor Bredesen discussed uh, one of his cases where the memory part of the brain, called the hippocampus, had shrunk down to the 17th percentile after a year on the program came back to the 75th percentile. And the neuroradiologist could not believe it. He said, I've done 75,000 brain scans. I've never seen this. And he refused to believe it. So Professor Bredesen sent it off to an independent lab, and it actually came back at the 78th percentile. And still this radiologist said to Professor Bredesen, I can't report this. Is it okay if I say it was the 35th percentile before and after? He literally wanted to write that in an official form because his brain could not accept that someone's memory part of their brain could grow under a non-drug protocol. So and this is exceptional, exceptional breakthrough medicine, and we look forward to there's over, hopefully in the next few years, there'll be so many cases that medicine will have to take notice. Uh, well, the sad I- thing is right now, Every six minutes in Australia, someone's getting told to go home, get your, get your things in order, you've got Alzheimer's, you're going to die. And it's the worst death. I would rather die from anything else than Alzheimer's. Um, lying in a bed, incontinent of urine and feces, someone looking after you, you've lost your loved ones, and it's just the worst, worst slow death that you could imagine. So, and it, most of this is preventable. We think up to 90% of it is preventable with this new research. Maybe more if you get it early. It might be 100% if we get it early. Yeah, yeah. Well, breaking down those medical paradigms is, um, you know, there's so many people doing that. There's, there's so much happening on the planet. But, 
you know, that story of doctors having a fixed way of thinking and only this is possible and this is this is what I know and this is what science says and so this is how it is. And then someone comes along and says, look, this is mm. different. And mm. they said, it's not possible, it's not possible. I hear that story. over. I was interviewing Dr. Eric Pearl, who is an energy healer, mm. who... You know, they, he he just did some energy work on this old lady's hands that were crippled and then she could move them again. And the doctor was like, this is not possible. This is not possible. This can't happen. You know, breaking those mental paradigms, those limiting ways of thinking about what's possible, that's what I love to see. I love to see people <laughs> expand their possibility and awareness of what's possible. And so, yeah, I think we'll get there, but I think it will take, you know, it's already proving difficult. Um, you know, I've invited people to the brain seminar and they just know, nah, well, we can't possibly, it can't, you know, they, they don't know how, they don't know what to say. But here we have a professor of neurology who can actually explain it at the molecular level. Yeah. So that's going to help. Yeah. And he, you know, he's one of the world's top scientists on Alzheimer's. So that's going to help for sure. He shows how it works in mice. And now he's got over 100 cases in humans. So we've got all those stars lined up. And, and the problem is our paradigm of proof is called a double-blind crossover study. Okay, that's the gold standard. Yeah. And I support that for single interventions. But when he tried to get a trial to do that with all his protocols, they said to him, no, we can't accept that. We don't do multi, multiple interventions. And he said to them, well, you don't understand Alzheimer's because it's caused by all these things coming together. And if we are to fix them, we have to pull them all away and let the body mop up this protein and let it heal. So there, there is a fundamental flaw in the way we're thinking about what is proof. And this is not just here. There's a big article in Nature magazine called The Reproducibility Crisis, meaning even those double crossover trials are having struggled to be reproduced. So we have to really, really rethink this. If you reverse one case of proven Alzheimer's, then a pre previously thought of as completely irreversible, we've got to wake up and start looking at this and go, well, why and shouldn't we start to tell our patients about it rather than say, go home and, and you know, in the next few years you're going to die this terrible death. Well, I want to put on another song. We'll put on some healing music. I'm going to put on Karen Drucker's Heal, Healthy and Whole. It's a beautiful song. Good. And I, I want to ask you when I come back, you know, what you think will shift those medical model paradigms. What will change the consciousness of humanity to start to think differently? So we'll come okay. back and, and have a little discussion about that. I am healed, whole and healthy. I relapse and Accentuating the positive here on Soul Traveller Radio. I'm talking today with Dr. David Jenkins, a passionate man. He wants to help people with dementia and Alzheimer's. He's the founder of SurfAid. Look, you know, a disruptor, a change maker, a difference maker. And 
I want to ask you, David, you know, we've been talking about medical models and uh, limiting paradigms and, you know, how we're moving forward with our consciousness around health and well-being and how it's being stopped by limiting medical models because you're going to get sick and old when you get, you know, age equals sickness is a paradigm which doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to get old and sick. You can just get old (laughs) and not sick. What do you think is going to change those limiting medical paradigms? What do you think it's going to take for the masses to sort of wake up to new possibility? Well, I think it takes visionary leadership um, traditionally. And in today's age, it's often like, celebrity and media, you need to get those two parties together. Um, And I think case stories, I think once we have Australians who have been through this program and recovered and have their story about how that happened versus, you know, the, the other story, which is so grim, then the contrast is going to be very, very obvious to people. I think we do have to do continue with the science. There is a trial going on these protocols as well as these 100 cases. There's a trial starting in England next year, and we do have to do the formal trials, and we have to do as, as quick as well as we can within these multiple, multiple variate analysis that, I, that we talked about. It's challenging. But I think, yeah, getting consumers will wake up when they hear stories in the media and they'll hear it by word of mouth. So-and-so did the protocol and, you know, she's back at work. She'd had to leave work. So it will spread. But I'm going to try and find people in the medical fraternity, neurologists, geriatric psychiatrists, people involved in Alzheimer's. I've already invited them to the seminar, but they didn't come. Um, I will chip away and I will find in those organizations, someone with enough vision prepared to go, wow, that's extraordinary to see 100 cases reverse. And even though I can find this, that, and the other thing wrong with the science, I still need to have a second look at this and give it the time that it deserves. And when we do get that, by that time, we'll have our systems in place and we'll be able to go, hey, look, come on, let's join. Let's take this to everybody. Let's break the back of Alzheimer's in Australia. It's possible. Well, kudos to you. I congratulate you on what you're doing and your passion, chipping away at the medical model and trying to get people <laughs> to think to think differently. You know, I think if I think very differently to most, and most of what I say, people just look at me and go, "Oh, you're crazy." But mm. it's interesting how you communicate your ideas to a closed mind or a closed model. I mean, that's a story in itself, you know, how to communicate new disruptive ideas. And Mm. look, it's happening in all parts of life. It's happening in health and technology and consciousness, in relationship, in environmental. There's a lot of people out there with a lot of messages that are trying to be heard and a lot of deaf ears. (laughs) So it's an interesting journey, that journey in itself, isn't it? Yes, I I have real concerns for our modern way of living. We're dislocated from each other, from our friendship. We have all this technology, which is fantastic, but it's so seductive. And we're seduced by ease, you know, go to the supermarket and, you know, kids don't cook anymore. They just shove things in. It's cheap takeaways. And there are consequences to this. So um, that trend is going to be quite hard to reverse because of our human nature and what we're exposed to. And we've allowed money-making, you know, large corporations, not that they're all bad, 
but we've allowed them to have their way with us, to be honest. And, um, you know, all their marketing, all their media, and it's just not a way of life that's sustainable in many ways. And Alzheimer's and dementia is a message. It's a message that's saying, hey, I can't deal with this. I can't live like this. I can't have the stress of this and the lack of sleep and the lack of friendship and exercise and sunshine and whole foods. This is combining and my brain is melting. And it's a message to all of us to stop, sort our priorities out. Don't spend your whole life staring at a screen. Get out and live like our forefathers did and and you'll be right. Yeah. So you think it's a message. It's like, I want to stay here on planet Earth, but I'm going to check out. It could well be that, but <laughs> that's an interesting swing on things. But, yeah, um, but I think, you know, I still am a scientist and I, I think having just been to the training and seen that at a molecular level how this is happening. And the brain, actually, the proteins, Professor Bredesen believes, and other people have described this, the proteins are being laid down by the brain in an attempt to protect itself from all these toxins and from the injuries coming in. So that's interesting. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, an attempt at healing and protection gone awry. That's how some people are describing it. Well, people have said that about cancer as well, that yeah. it's the body's attempt to protect itself. And um, But yeah. we could talk about this all day. Dr. David Jenkins, thank you so much for being on the show. Where can people find out more about you and SurfAid and what you're doing? Uh, well, well, yeah, if they go Google Dr. Dave Jenkins, the more model, actually. So my email is drdave, Dr. Dave, at themoremodel.com. So our website's themoremodel.com. So go and check it out there. We will have more information on our service for helping memory loss. The other thing I'd like to say about what I'm really impressed by this company that's launching this worldwide, Professor Bredesen, is it is our aim, and I've joined them in this, our aim, if you're on the poverty line, to bring this service for free. It's not for free right now. It involves a lot of intense work, so it's actually quite expensive. But ultimately, we are going to lobby hard and provide some of the systems in place as the business takes on to give back to people. And the people at the top that are having an intense VIP system are going to have to accept they are going to start subsidizing people who are poor and can't afford it to get this therapy. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity to share, Karen. Cause I know that spirit guides me And love lives inside me That's why today I take life as it comes I'm often asked, is it possible to reverse terrible diseases like Alzheimer's or Parkinson's simply with your mind. And the fact is, these diseases take on physical attributes in the brain that cannot simply be reversed with only your mind. But what we can do is throughout life, we can try to 
stave off disease, exercise, diet, and developing a more healthy brain by always being the conscious observer. Let your brain serve you, don't serve it. That was neuroscientist Rudy Tanzen having a chat with Deepak Chopra. And this is another Karen Drucker song off her album Songs of Spirit 2. This one's called There Is Only Love. In this place I remember who I am Letting fear and worry fall away from Open my eyes and see There is only love There is only love Love that heals Love that sets us free There is for joining me for another hour accentuating the positive here on soul traveler radio if you know someone who is suffering from dementia or alzheimer's or maybe you'd like to prevent it remember to go and check out dr david jenkins you can find him at drdavidjenkins.com you'll see all his programs there he surfs around the world really (laughs) literally surfing he's a big surfer he travels around the world with his programs as he lives in bali so remember to check that out thanks again for joining us remember to go to soul traveler radio on facebook and show us your love also accentuate the positive radio with karen swain and hit that like button and remember to download the mobile app soul traveler radio mobile app you have the home of conscious music and enlightening shows in the palm of your hand support conscious and positive media it's changing our world if you'd like to find out more about me go to my website karenswain.com and have a bit of a explore there's so much to see on the website you can also book a reading with me there thanks again for listening catch you next time bye for now
feeling stuck, wanting to know how to move forward with your life? Do you want to know how you make a difference in the world? Come and have a reading with me, Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation. Through me, you'll speak with my guides, blissful beings. They bring you a broader perspective of who you are and what's possible. Readings available from anywhere in the world on Skype. Book a session today. Go to karenswain.com. K-A-R-E-N-S-W-A-I-N.